Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Epic Classroom Podcast. My name is Trevor Muir and I've been a middle and high school teacher as well as a teacher of future and current teachers and I love a good story. And I love to explore ways to help students live out great stories and for educators to thrive in their own. And that's what we talk about on this podcast. Whatever you teach or however you serve in schools, how can you lead a more impactful, dynamic, meaningful, and epic classroom? All right, well, welcome to episode 12. I'm going to forewarn you. Usually, I record these podcast episodes in the public library by where I live. There's a awesome little podcast studio that they built specifically for people to record podcasts in. And so it has really nice mics and, and headphones, and it's a quiet space. And so I just love every week getting to go there and talk about what we talk about on this podcast. Uh, but this week, I've been busy, and I didn't get to make it to the podcast. And so I'm down in my basement where I love to shoot all my videos and make my stuff and uh, this is the first time I've actually recorded the podcast down here. And so the reason I warn you, because I think the audio quality still sounds pretty good, uh, but the, the reason I warn you is that there is a little girl upstairs baking with her mom. And uh, so you might hear some some uh, mixers turning on and some feet stomping and maybe some laughing because it's a Saturday and uh, that's what we do around here. So uh, be forewarned, if you hear those sounds, it's, it's all just good things happening um, while I record a little podcast. So uh, yeah, the reason I was so busy this week is I actually got to go and be with a group of teachers in Detroit, Michigan in the flesh. Uh, I get to go to their school and spend a whole day with this team and dream together and talk and discuss and brainstorm and uh, just have a really great day uh, thinking about how we can amplify engagement and make learning more authentic together. Um, and I got to tell you, you know, the last couple of years, it's been quite a challenge Um connecting with people virtually. I mean, obviously it still happens. And, and I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, you've had some experiences in the last couple of years of, of connecting with people virtually. And, and we found ways to get better at it. And, and we found ways to still discover some magic. I wouldn't trade the ability to connect with people for anything the last couple of years because it's made it possible. Zoom, while you know, or any of these technologies, while they have their faults, there's also been this benefit that just didn't exist in the past. You know, something I've been thinking about is um, if this pandemic would have happened when I was in high school, heck, if this pandemic would have happened when I started teaching, there would have been no school for a while for a lot, a lot of people. You know, when things shut down and we didn't know what to do and school had to move to a virtual space, if this would have happened before this technology became available to us, there just would have been no school and there would have been no work for a lot of people and there would have been very little connection for people outside of your homes. But because we've had these technologies, we've been able to still find ways to connect and, and gather in ways that were new, but were still effective. But I got to tell you, after spending the day with uh, this group of teachers this week and, and getting to go to another school the week before, and, and as I think about all of the experiences I'm going to have in the next couple months of traveling around and being with teachers, I got to tell you, and I think you would probably agree, there's nothing quite like sharing space with other people. 
and and it's interesting and, and I'm kind of going stream it. I'm just kind of talking off the dome here, but it's kind of interesting when you think about uh, when everything was moving to Zoom and virtual spaces and Microsoft Teams and um, Google Hangouts. There, there was a lot of talk two years ago about maybe this is going to be it for gathering in person. You know, maybe a lot, a lot of schools are just going to move to virtual spaces because we're learning it's just as effective as being together in person. Or maybe there won't be education conferences anymore because everybody can just attend conferences from the comfort of their own homes. Or maybe when we do coaching meetings or professional development or staff meetings or fill in the blank, we'll just do it completely virtual from now on. And yet, I feel like there's this resounding consensus two years later that virtual is a great stand-in. And virtual also serves a purpose for certain types of meetings, um, especially if they're just informational. Absolutely. But there's nothing quite like being in person. There's nothing like sharing space and sharing the energy and seeing people's facial expressions and them getting to see yours and getting to move and use body language and, and all that comes from being together in person. I had such a brilliant day with these teachers yesterday and, and it just got me thinking about how important connection is. And I really believe it's those connections that we need to lean into now more than ever. Because the reality is, you might be running on fumes a bit right now. You know, a lot of the teachers that I've been working with in the last month, and myself included, it kind of just feels like the tank is a little bit empty, right? Like we've, we've poured out so much energy. There's been so much pouring out in the last two years to serve students and serve parents and serve the school and serve the community and serve our own families and our lives at home. There's been so much giving out and, and not enough bringing back in. Um, and, and so I think a lot of people are empty right now. And so I thought it'd be helpful to just talk about how do we finish strong? Like how do we approach the remaining April and the month of May or whatever your uh, time frame is until you get an extended break? How do we make it? How, how do you how do you fill up your tank when it's empty and yet you need a full tank? You know, if, if you've got 37 school days left this school year, not that anybody's counting, right? Uh, but if, if you have 37 days left, how are you going to make those days worthwhile for your students and for yourself? And so let's talk about some ways that we can really approach the next month and a half um, so that we can do it with energy and, and we can do it in a way that our students want to continue to be at school because I, I know apathy is uh, is the foe of teaching and learning right now. Students not really feeling like it anymore. And we don't really blame them, right? Because this has been quite a journey for everyone, but students included. And, and I think everybody is due for a break. And so apathy has been running rampant. How do we plan experiences or plan our days with our students so that so that apathy doesn't win, so that we can finish the school year strong, and, and then that we get energy from that as well. So let's talk about it. The first thing I would recommend right now to, to really try to find energy and make connections in the rest of the school year would be to plan something relevant for students or really just ask the question continually, 
How can I make this learning experience relevant for my students? I know a lot of people are doing spring testing right now, or maybe you're finished with spring testing, and that just provides some constraints that have to be worked around or considered. And so, but whenever those are done, maybe it's time to plan something that isn't as rigid or structured as test prep or preparing for testing. And instead, maybe it's time to plan some type of project that, that really connects with your students' needs or connects with what you know excites or gets your students motivated. And so think about that. Ask those questions. What, do my, what does get my students excited right now? What would they find relevant? You know, I, I worked with a group of kindergarten teachers yesterday, and one of the teachers has all of these content standards on recycling and, and trying to teach their students resourcefulness and reusing uh, certain things. And so what she had her students do over the last several months is just bring in bottle caps whenever they have them from home. And she sent out a newsletter to parents asking that they collect as many bottle caps as possible, just like plastic tops to water bottles or, or Gatorade bottles. And so I was in her classroom and she just got bags and bags of these different colored water bottle uh, caps. And then she took this big piece of plywood and next week they're going to be painting the plywood blue and the students are tracing their hands and tracing images and they're using the bottle caps to, to create this beautiful piece of art um, to show what can be done with recycled goods. And, and she was talking about how our students are so excited about it because they've been collecting these bottle caps for all of this time and now they're going to create this artwork that, that shares a message and it's going to be beautiful and they're going to be hanging it up in the school on display for the whole school to see and it's relevant and it's fun and yes she's she's tying in content right like to, as a kindergarten teacher she's able to talk about shapes and she's able to talk about recycling and and students can do some real academic work as they make this but it's also just fun it's also a way of doing something outside of the box it's an opportunity for students to do something that isn't really directly connected with testing which I think we're all tired of testing at this point, you and your students. And so she's creating this whole project that's just relevant and fun for her students. And, and you know, she was explaining how her students are so excited about it. And as a kindergarten teacher, she gets energy from seeing that her students are excited about what she planned for them, which I think is true for any teacher, whether you teach kindergarten all the way to teaching seniors in college. If you've designed a learning experience that students are leaning in for, that it's that it's that you can actually see evidence that they are engaged in the work that fills us up perhaps more than anything else as educators. I mean, I love it when I pour my time and energy into creating something that I hope motivates my students to, to drop the apathy and, and actually have motivation and, and feel good about what they're doing and feel like their time isn't just being valued, but it's being amplified. When I planned that and then students actually respond and they love it, it just makes me feel so good. It makes me want to design more experiences like that. It makes me excited about going into school and, and seeing the continuation of that work. And so I'd say step one in filling up our tanks right now is to plan something relevant to your students, whether it's a thing like the recycling project or maybe having your students do podcasts. There, there's so many different tools that exist right now for free, whether it's Anchor or just using GarageBand if you have it on your computers or Audacity or just go look it up. There are so many different ways for your students to create audio recordings of different things. You could give your students 
an assignment where you say, hey, I want you to create a 20-minute podcast episode where you share with an audience what you're really excited about or something that you're really good at doing. Or maybe uh, I want you to write about something that you find really interesting that you don't think most people do. And I want you to make a podcast about why they should find it interesting as well. And then we're going to upload them to to I, Apple Music together. We're going to put them on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever it is. We're going to take your work and we're going to publish it so that other people can hear it. We're going to share the link out on social media. Whatever it is, it's relevant and it's different and it's outside of the box. And and when you plan things like this, there's just the opportunity for students to engage, which again, fills their tanks and it also fills your own. And so think about that. Oh, I was uh, talking to a group of teachers down in... Um, Bradenton, Florida this last week. I was Zooming with this whole team and one of the teachers, she's planning for her students to have a community garden. And and it's one thing, it's cool to, ha- you know, they're an elementary classroom. It's one thing to just have a garden. There's something really fun about that and getting your hands dirty and planning and then planting and watching it grow. And so there's the payoff to that, but then she took it a step further and she's having her students plant and right now they're growing and then going to soon be harvesting all of this lettuce and cabbage that these students grew and it's going to be used to go feed the manatees in the area. I mean, what third grader isn't going to want to go and grow cabbage or lettuce and then take it to a spring by the school and feed it to manatees? There's something really beautiful and exciting about that. There's uh, there's just an element of relevancy that, that students want and that we want and is so necessary this time of year. So ask that question. How can I plan something relevant for my students? And on top of that, how can I plan something new right now? Because let's be honest, with spring testing, hopefully waning by now or out of the way, maybe the stakes are a little bit lower at this point. I mean, obviously, we still want students to learn. We have to always value their time. And you want your time to be valued as well. Um, So this isn't to say like, hey, let's just plan work that's just fun for the sake of being fun. But the reality is, is that with testing out of the way, maybe it can open up space for more new learning experiences for you to test drive some things that maybe you've wanted to do for a while, but you haven't been able to fit in uh, in the bulk of the school year. But maybe now is the time to do that. Maybe there's a simulation that you've heard about before and you're like, you know what, I'm going to do that simulation. Or maybe uh, there's some type of project that you've planned or activity or, or field trip or some type of experience that's outside of the norm that maybe this is the time to do it. And maybe it won't be a screaming success. Sometimes our best ideas don't always work out the way we want them to. But hey, it's the end of the the school year. It's the spring. Maybe now is the time to try it so that if it fails, who cares? It was worth trying because this is the time of year to try this type of thing. And then the hope would be, Maybe, maybe I try it out a project. Maybe I did the thing like growing cabbage for manatees or the recycling project or podcast and I really like how it worked and I saw my students engage at a deep level and I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe I don't need to wait till April to start trying things like this. Maybe because I saw it work. We did the test drive and I saw what worked about it and I saw what didn't work. Maybe I can try this in October next year. And while we're doing it in October, I can find ways to integrate my content into it. Maybe if we're doing this podcast project right now and I saw students really clung to the idea, they latched onto it and they were engaged, maybe I tie this into a writing unit that I was already going to do. But now, instead of just writing for the sake of writing, 
or writing because there's a grade attached to it or writing because that's just what you do in English class. Maybe now we're going to write and I'm still going to instruct and teach about how to write the same way, but now we're writing so that we can create this podcast because I, I learned in April that podcasts are fun to do as students and it's relevant and it's not too hard to actually do. Maybe we're going to try that during the writing unit, but now we've got this extra motivation for students. There's this authenticity and relevancy that can drive the learning experience. So maybe this time of year is about trying new things so that we can use what we learn from this new exploration and try to tie it into the rest of the school year. So try something new. See if it gives you energy. Um, I, I, you know, another thing I think this time of year really calls for is incentives. You know, telling students like, hey, if we do this well, or if, if you all really dive into what we're doing this week, we're going to have an extra recess at the end of the week, or we're going to have a field day at the end of the year, or we're going to have a big class party, or maybe you can go to PTO and tell them about this idea and they can provide a donut party for your class. Whatever it is, I think incentives still have a place in the classroom, not all the time. Obviously, we want students to be intrinsically motivated as well. We want them to learn to love learning for the sake of learning and learn to be gritty and work hard because that's part of what we do. That's part of what helps bring us success. But there's also space for incentives. And I think this time of year is a good one. You know, I, I think to add on to that, maybe just one of the incentives is, hey guys, if when we're doing silent reading, if you can show me that you can really buckle down and, and spend that time reading and focusing on that work, we can go outside to do it. You know, we, we don't have to sit in this classroom. It's starting to get warm out. It's starting to get nice out. Let's just go outside to read. And your incentive for good behavior is like, we'll do it more often. There's no reason not to do that if you guys can show me that you handle that you can handle it. And so, you know, maybe it's going outside more. I know me, I live here in Michigan, which is a quite cold and cloudy place a lot of the school year. I mean, it starts getting pretty cold here in October and it's cold here throughout October and November and December and January and February and March. And even today, as I record this podcast here in April, it's about 35 degrees outside. I just saw a flake of snow fall from the ground. And I got to tell you, all I want right now is just to be able to go outside and have sunlight. And so I'll tell you, whenever uh, I'm teaching and I look outside and it's blue, sunny skies, uh, I just want to take my class out there and experience it and enjoy it. And so many, many times if I had some direct instruction, I was planning on just talking 15 minutes straight anyway, we'll go outside to do that. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll go outside and, and I can do the same thing with students and we can be outside in that vitamin D and the vitality I get from just fresh air and warm sun. It, it perks me up. It makes me more excited about being at work. It helps me, you know, fill up that gas tank as we move closer and closer to the summer. And so that would be uh, my last piece of advice beyond finding relevancy behind incentivizing student work is just get outside when you can. And I know I'm probably talking to teachers who live in warmer parts of the country or world where you're like, yeah, we don't go outside this time of year. You know, I grew up in Florida where it's probably about 90 degrees this time of year. Yeah, this might not be the best time to go outside, but maybe it is. I don't know. I'm just saying sometimes we got to mix it up. And maybe that's the key message in this podcast is this is the time of year We've got to mix it up. You know, we've got to shake it up a bit and, and shake it up for our students' sake because um, it's easy to grow tired of 
of the monotony and feeling mundane and being in the same room that we've been in all year. Um, it's, 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 it's easy to grow apathetic this time of year uh, for students, but also for us. And so plan new experiences, plan fun. You know, I just, I think there is such an opportunity to build culture at the beginning of the school year when it's new and fresh with your students. And that's when we're doing the icebreakers and we're getting to know each other um, and we're having fun in that way. And hopefully there's opportunities for that throughout the school year. But man, I just think this time of year, it is just begging for it. Uh, it's just got to be some fun. And so maybe take the kids out and play ultimate Frisbee. Maybe if you have a creek running through your school property, go out there and let kids splash it around in it and make it a science lesson. Whatever it is, go out and let students experience the outdoors or different spaces in the school. Um, and I can guarantee you it will bring new life to them. And hopefully it will bring new life to you. So whether you have 37 days left until summer break or you're in a year-round system and, and whatever it is, you may be running out of energy. My hope for you is that you can discover some of it. Um, and uh, I hope a couple of these tips might have helped doing that. I know I'm going to try to listen to them because I need some energy right now as well. And I got to tell you, by being with those teachers this week on Zoom, but also in person, it was like a jolt of energy for me. There is nothing quite like sharing space with educators because educators get it in a way that others don't. I think a lot of people have no idea how complex, how challenging, uh, but also how rewarding the work of being a teacher or a principal or a vice principal or a counselor or a teacher assistant. I, I, don't, I don't think people understand uh, what being an educator is unless you've actually done it. And so to share the room with, with those people gave me so much life. And it gets me really excited for the season that approaches this summer where we get to rest. Um, but I'm also going to get the opportunity to be with teachers all over the place from Indiana to Texas to Florida to gosh, where else we're going? We're going all over the place this summer. And uh, I'm just going to get to share the room with brilliant educators and I can not wait. And so if you're one of those people and you know that I'm coming your way, I can't wait to see you and meet you and spend some time with you and learn from you as well. And uh, if I'm not coming your way yet, um, feel free to get in touch and uh, let me know that you'd like that to happen because I, I still have some space a little bit in June, not a whole lot, but a little bit of space in June and a little bit in August, but some time in July and September as well. So if you got a date in mind, feel free to get in touch or if you're a teacher, feel free to have your, uh, your administrator get in touch or whoever makes those types of decisions. I would love to chat and make it happen because uh, man, you all inspire me so much and that is why I love getting to put out this content and, and find different ways to connect with you and your work because um, it's such a joy and, and I'm so honored to get to do it. So with all that being said, thanks so much for listening to this episode. Hopefully it wasn't too loud in the background as my family's stomping around upstairs. It's kind of fun to record at home though. feels a little bit more free flowing. feels like I'm chatting with you. So uh, thanks for joining me on my basement today for the Epic Classroom Podcast. My name is Trevor Muir and I cannot tell you enough how grateful I am for you and all of the tremendous work you do to make learning more memorable and transformative for your students, for making it epic. So we'll see you next time.